Hi, you. I'm so excited to be back here. I need to ask your forgiveness. We, um, for being gone for the last six weeks, we've just had a lot going on within our family, extended family, but also within our community. And I did not do a very good job of balancing it all and just ended up needing to kind of scale back a little bit, get my feet under me before we dove into these next um, several months of body peace. So thank you for your patience with me, but just know I'm I'm so, so excited to be back. And I feel really fired up about this message and about how it can help you in your life as you're trying to navigate your own life, right? Your own hard times. And anyways, I'm just excited. I'm excited to get started. So when I first discovered intuitive eating about eight years ago, like I said, and I've said before, it, it changed my life in so many ways. And it was a slow and gradual change, but I really locked into the principles of intuitive eating. They felt true to me and, and they were easy to accept, difficult to act on, right? Like the practice of these principles took a lot of time and a lot of effort and a lot of learning and a lot of messing up. But Originally, when I heard these principles, they just felt right. And I noticed, though, that as I was implementing these principles of intuitive eating, the principles that are outlined in the actual book, Intuitive Eating, by um, Evelyn Tripoli and Elise Reich, as I implemented those principles, there still were some things that were missing. And those, those things came in the form of the way I felt about my body. Those things weren't necessarily addressed in the intuitive eating. Intuitive eating focuses more on the relationship with food, but I still had a lot of issues regarding my relationship with my body. And so that's why I started Body Peace was I feel like through my experience and through my study and through the time that I put into this work for myself, I've been able to find a way to use both the principles of intuitive eating, our relationship with food, and also body peace or our relationship with our bodies and to fuse them together and use them together to create greater change. The truth is, is that both of them are incomplete without the other. They go hand in hand and they're critical in, if you want to have a better relationship with your body, you have to take the time to put in the work to figure out your relationship with food. And if you want to figure out your relationship with food and to feel peace there, you are going to have to figure out and do the work to feel at peace with your body and to connect with your body. And so, like I said, I'm hoping to provide both sides, both sides, um, both the body peace side and also the intuitive eating side for you. But primarily today, I want to talk about intuitive eating. As I've talked to hundreds and hundreds of women about intuitive eating and about their bodies, I have found that it's a scary thing for a lot of people. And as I talk to them about their hesitancies or their reasons for not wanting to jump right into intuitive eating, I've learned that most oftentimes their reasons boil down to three main concerns. And I wanted to address those three concerns today in the podcast. So before we begin, just as a quick introduction, I want to talk about what is intuitive eating because there are a lot of ideas out there that unfortunately are incorrect, 
regarding intuitive eating. Um, some of them take some of the principles of intuitive eating and combine them with other diet rules or diet principles, and that ends up muddling the message of intuitive eating. And I think that that can be harmful. So intuitive eating essentially at its core is learning to use and rely on the instinctual internal cues that you have been given since birth to let you know when to eat, how much to eat, and what to eat. Intuitive eating takes you back to these most basic signals in your body, signals that have that are are so complex and intricate and beautiful and that teach us more about our bodies the more that we use them. We were born with these signals. They have they are a part of our body. They help to balance out our hormones and maintain our metabolism. And when I say metabolism, I don't just mean like fat burning. We refer to metabolism as fat burning. No, our metabolism is the process or the processes by which our body functions, right? So within our body, we have all of these incredible systems and signals and things that help our body to maintain a state of health. And and these things all work, most of them independently of us being aware of them, right? Like your brain and your body and your lungs and your heart are continuing to work without you even thinking about it. Currently, your blood is the exact pH or the exact acidity that it needs to be in order to keep you alive. If that acidity changes in any way, you're dead, right? But you don't need to be worried about that. You don't need to think about that. Your body has so many systems in play that are keeping track and and doing what they need to do to make sure that your blood is the exact pH it needs to be in order for your body to function properly. So that's just one example of these intricate systems and signals that your body has. And, and a huge one, a huge part of that are your hunger and fullness signals, your satiety or your satisfaction signals with food. But as we grow up, like I said, we're born with those instincts. And as we grow up, we learn to rely on external factors and external rules to govern our relationship with food right? Rules like clear your plate or it's dinner time right now. And if you don't eat right now, you're going to go to bed hungry. Um, Things like you need to weigh this. You shouldn't eat. You need to weigh this food or you shouldn't eat too much of this or make sure you're always getting X grams of this. Or there are just so many rules that we have been introduced to throughout our lives. And so we learn to rely on those external signals. So once again, intuitive eating is coming back to ourselves. It's learning to rely on our own God-given intuition within our own bodies. Our body, your body, has everything she needs to help you function at your best. She doesn't need fitness counters or trackers or food scales or any of that. She has everything she needs. So it's learning how to trust. It's relearning how to trust your body. One powerful thing of intuitive eating is that it allows you to live in your body right now, in the present. As you learn to intuitively eat, it requires you to check in constantly throughout the day 
with how you're feeling, both emotionally and physically. It requires you to ask yourself, what do I need right now emotionally and physically, right? But it it forces you, intuitive eating forces you to live in the present, which I think is an actual gift because we spend so much of our lives living in our to-do list, right? What needs to be done next or living in guilt in the past or working towards a future day and a future time and future goals. And those are all good things. But sometimes we spend the majority of our life living outside of our own bodies. And so intuitive eating, just like how meditation has kind of taken off recently in the last couple of years, intuitive eating is a way that we come back to our bodies multiple times throughout the day. And we are present So intuitive eating, it's learning to rely on our internal cues. It's living in the present. It allows you to live in the current moment. And it helps you to find joy and satisfaction in food. But more importantly, it helps you to find joy and satisfaction in your life because your thoughts are no longer consumed by food and food rules. So when people ask me what intuitive eating is, that's it. Intuitive eating is learning to trust yourself again. It's learning to live in the present and it's learning to find joy and satisfaction in your life because you're no longer worried about your body and you're no longer worried about food. Like I said earlier, as I've talked with women over the years, all of their concerns regarding intuitive eating boil down to three main issues. And I think that you might connect with one or maybe all three of these as you start to explore this idea of making peace with food and intuitive eating. But the first one, and the one that is most common, is that I hear women say, I can't trust myself. If I give myself permission to eat whatever I want, whenever I want, I'm going to eat donuts, only donuts, every day for the rest of my life. Or they say, are you telling me that I can buy as many bags of Halloween or Easter candy as I want and keep them in my sock drawer and eat them whenever I want? Do you know what that's going to look like? I'm going to have wrappers everywhere and the candy, will, the five bags of candy will be gone within 30 minutes, right? Like I, I hear these stories again and again and again of women who are saying, I can't trust myself. I want you to know that first of all, If that is something that you fear, that's okay. It is super common and super normal, and it's not your fault. Okay, The reason why we feel such an intense fear about letting go of food rules is because we've been taught our whole lives that these food rules are what keep us safe, and they're what keep us healthy. But as we've talked about in past episodes of this podcast, When you look at the actual data, these rules that are being created by an industry who are trying to take your money, they're not based in science. They're not actually giving you health. In fact, many of these rules are harming you much more than they're helping you. And so once again, it goes back to learning how to trust yourself right? To saying, I have everything I need within myself to figure this out. My body, she 
knows exactly what to do. And if she doesn't right now, we're going to learn together how to figure this out. Because the truth is, is depending on how long you've ignored those internal signals, depending on how long you have dieted and restricted throughout your life, those signals might be buried deeper. For some, for some of you, this might be a simple thing of after a certain, like after a couple of weeks, you figure this out. And it's just the rest of the time is, is learning how to constantly apply these principles again and again and again. For some of you, it might take weeks before you figure out what your hunger signals even feel like. And that's okay. Here's the thing. Your body is so, so capable. She is so capable of telling you what you need and when you need it. We just have to give her the opportunity to do that. And do you know what's so interesting about this? And and like I said, I've talked about how intuitive eating has changed my life. And the reason being is because once you learn to tap into yourself, to trust and recognize your own intuition, it bleeds into every area of your life. As women, I'm I'm going to go on a little rant here. I'm warning you. So tune out now if you if you don't want to go with me. But as women, our whole lives, from the time we were young girls, we have been told how we need to behave, how we need to communicate, how we need to dress, how we need to do our hair, what types of things we need to put on our face, what we should wear, what we shouldn't wear. All of these things have these messages have been sent to us our whole lives. And if we want to be good women, if we want to be good girls, this is what we do. They've even told us what our home should look like, how our children should dress, what kind of crafts we should be doing with our kids. I mean, right? Like, like these expectations for women have seeped into literally every area of our life. In a past podcast, we talked about all of the the beauty standards for every single part of our body, from our hair literally down to our toenails. And, And so these expectations are everywhere, and they are suffocating. And what's really interesting is that these these expectations are, some of them are constantly fluctuating. Others are more fixed, right? Like our social roles and things like that might be more fixed. But a lot of these other more aesthetic things are constantly changing, constantly fluctuating. But what's also interesting is that these standards often contradict each other. Do you realize how confusing that is? An example is I I have several friends who just have been born with the biggest hearts. They want to make an imprint in the world. They want to make a difference. They have big dreams and big goals, goals and and big ideas, and they are they are just powering their way through life. And they have children at home who they love so much, and they show up as the most incredible mothers, and they show up as the most incredible employees and CEOs and bosses, and, and they're doing amazing things. And you know what? They feel shame all the time because they feel like they don't fit in the box of being the right kind of woman, right? They feel mom guilt that they're not there all day long, you know, that they have someone else, either their spouse or a trusted babysitter watching their kids. 
So they feel guilt. They feel guilt for trying to play big, right? Then I have other moms, other friends who are so content being home, creating a home, teaching their children and learning with their children and exploring and experiencing life with their children. And they're so happy there. But do you know what people are telling them? You need to be more ambitious. You need to have better goals. You need to really be kind of going for more. You're just you're just kind of sitting home and playing small. Isn't that interesting <laughs> that that on one hand, women who are playing big are told they're playing too big and they need to retreat, and women who are content and happy being being where they are are told that they need to be bigger and need to do more. The point is, is that we are never, according to the messages that we are being sent, we are never doing enough. We are never small enough, big enough, loud enough, quiet enough, assertive enough. We're never enough, according to these messages. But here's what's really, really, really amazing, is that as you learn to trust your own intuition, as you learn to connect with your body, our bodies are the way that we receive communication from others, from God, and from ourselves, right? That clarity in our mind, that is a feeling. That is an experience that can only be felt in our bodies. That peace and confirmation that we receive from God when we're doing something right or when he's trying to tell us that he loves us, that feeling is felt within our bodies. Our bodies are literally the medium by which God communicates with us through his spirit, right? We feel that in our bodies. And as we learn to be sensitive and in tune with the sensations and the feelings in our bodies, we learn to trust ourselves. We learn to know what is right for us. And even more powerful than knowing what is right for us, we learn how to let go of all of those other expectations and ideas that people are telling us we should be. So as you learn to be intuitive, even just with food and with exercise, you step into you. You begin to take up the exact amount of space that you were sent here to take up and the opinions of other people about how you should and should not live your life and what your house should and should not look like and how you should and should not behave, they don't matter anymore because you have a deeply rooted sense of who you are and whose you are. And that is powerful and life-changing. So taking the time, doing the work to become intuitive and to learn what you need and when you need it, not only helps you in your relationship with food and with your body, but it helps you in your relationship with others. For me, it has helped me in my relationship with God. It has helped me learn how to set better boundaries for myself. It's a powerful thing and it's worth the work as uncomfortable and as scary as it may seem. Thank you for going with me on that little rant. But obviously, it's something that I feel passionate about um, because I think that every woman really, truly, truly has been sent here with a purpose. And I think that one of the most distracting things that keeps us from living our purpose is 
our bodies, actually. And that's unfortunate. That's more than unfortunate. That's devastating. And um, there's a solution to that. <laughs> you don't have to live like that. That's that. If I could say that a hundred times, I would. You don't have to live like that. You can figure this out. So the second main reason why um, people feel very hesitant to engage in intuitive eating and to and to try it is because they misunderstand what intuitive eating is. Um, they kind of look at it as it's this kind of hippy dippy. Um, throw all nutrition and health to the wind and just eat whatever you feel. And that that is a very oversimplified and incorrect um, understanding of what intuitive eating is. So in order to understand what intuitive eating is and how that works, I need to explain a couple of things about our brain. Because the truth is, is that intuitive eating is a much more holistic way to approach our health than dieting ever has been. So within our brain, there are three parts that have evolved. There are our reptilian brain, which is responsible for our instinct to survive. And then there's our limbic system, which is responsible for our emotions and our social behaviors. And then there's our rational brain or our neocortex, and that is responsible for all of our rational thoughts. So um, an example would be, you know, you're, you're walking in your house, the house is dark, and all of a sudden you turn the corner and you see the shadow and you jump, right? And you, you, you freak out. You, you feel this moment of total panic. Okay. That's our reptilian brain. That's our instinct to survive. Something is in our house. We're going to die. Right. And then our limbic system and our emotions and our social behaviors, and then our rational brain work together to say, okay, hold on a second. My son had a science fair project and we needed a cardboard cutout of Han Solo or whatever. Right. That's in our, okay. That, that, I locked all the doors. That has to be who it is. Right. We use our rational brain to then um, make sense of what we just felt, the natural instinct that we just had. So our rational brain, it gives meaning to everything we think. It takes the instincts that we have and the feelings that we have, and it integrates them into something that is intentional. So as an infant and as a toddler, eating is very instinctual. It's very much reptilian brain. And as we get older, we use more thoughts and feelings to guide our experiences with food. So we, we learn what we like and what we don't like. We, we have experiences that, you know, social experiences, for example, Thanksgiving dinner, which is, and we feel this, we talk about comfort foods, right? Foods that remind us of memories and of family and of home and of togetherness and connectedness. So as we get older, more of our thoughts and our feelings start to guide our experiences. But if we operated only from our reptilian brain, right, then we would eat anything we could get our hands on to stay alive, regardless of the taste, the texture, etc. right? Like we would eat purely for the sake of calories. It doesn't matter what the food tasted like, what it looked like. It would purely be a matter of staying alive. Conversely, if we relied only on our limbic system, it would be like, I eat whatever I want, whenever I want, how much ever I want. 
And the problem with that is it's going to lead with some really uncomfortable experiences with food. Like one time, it was actually a pie eating contest, but I still remember just feeling so sick. I ate a banana cream pie, an entire banana cream pie, and it was a pie eating contest. And I, I still to this day remember the physical pain in my stomach. It, it hurt so bad. Um, but that, but, but we have experiences like that with food, right? And those, those experiences teach us something. They, they log a data point for us to understand. So part of intuitive eating is learning to ditch the diet rules and make peace with food. And it is also giving yourself freedom to eat whenever you are hungry and as much as you need to satisfy your body. But if you're ignoring your hunger and fullness cues, then you aren't using your whole brain. So when you're dieting and you're relying on calorie counts or macros or things like that to tell you what you need and how much of what you need, you are ignoring your hunger and fullness cues. You aren't using your whole complete brain. So what does that look like in an everyday experience? A couple of weeks ago, I went for a little scramble in the mountains. It's kind of like a hike, kind of like a walk, kind of hike, walk, jog. Um, we live right at the base of the mountains, and it's one of my favorite things to do, to just go up and be in nature. So I went with some friends, some neighbor friends, and we went just over four miles. We were hiking, jogging the flat parts, and then walking. And when I got home, I felt hungry, but nothing really sounded good. The pro- And the problem was, was I was short on time. Like I didn't, I had to be somewhere quickly after that. I really wanted to take a shower before I left. Um, and so I, I kind of had this quick moment. It's like, I'm hungry. Nothing that we have in our house sounds good, but I know I need food because it's going to be about four hours before I'm able to eat again. So I grabbed an oatmeal packet, which is not ideal. We had bought them. They were on sale at the store. I got them for my kids because when they're hungry, I like to give them the autonomy of making their own snack. So I grabbed one of those pre-made Quaker oatmeal packets cooked it in the microwave. And I wanted to add, I chopped up some apples because I knew that this little oatmeal packet was not going to give me enough calories for the day. Right. And it also just seemed really kind of bland. And so I chopped up some apples to put inside. And then I thought, okay, I'm, I've got a good amount of carbs here right now. I really need to add some fats and some protein to last for this meal to last me a little bit longer. So I threw in a large dollop of peanut butter, and hurry and scrambled up some eggs really fast. Was it the best breakfast that I've had? No. A lot of people think that intuitive eating is having this incredibly emotional experience every time you eat, and that's not it at all. But in that moment, I had to use both parts of my brain, right? I had to say, I need to eat or else my body is going to start shutting down if I don't have some food right? So I used, I used my rational brain, right? My, to reason out what I would need. And, but I also didn't eat something that didn't taste good, right? It wasn't the most delicious meal, but I didn't whip up a protein shake because personally I hate protein shakes, right? So I'm not going to drink a protein shake. I'm not going to guzzle down a protein shake just because that's what my brain, my body needs. So it's, it's finding this it's not always this beautiful experience, but it's it's finding this place where you're using your brain to make a nutritious decision, but you're also using your mouth and your taste buds 
and the limbic system in your brain, right? Your emotions and things like that to help you decide what is good and to be satisfied. I hope that that makes sense and didn't make things more complicated for you. But I do think that it's important to also address this part is that a lot of times when people start intuitive eating, it does, they do feel out of control and they express that. And here's something that you need to understand. If you have restricted for a long time, it might look for a free-for-all for a moment, but don't worry. Trust the process. Once your body starts to realize that you have her back and that you're going to feed her every three to five hours, she's going to start to regulate herself. And one way that Evelyn Triboli, the founder of Intuitive Eating, describes this phenomenon, this, this kind of free-for-all feeling that happens at the beginning of intuitive eating, is she says, when, when someone has been holding their breath for a minute or two minutes, when they're finally able to breathe again, they don't take in this really polite, like, nice, gradual breath, right? They gasp. <gasps> they gasp for air. That's their body's natural reaction to having been deprived of oxygen for a longer period of time than was healthy. So oftentimes when you have restricted for so long, your body essentially does a gasp, right? As soon as it realizes that food is available and that it can have that food, it gasps, and you do, you, you might eat a little bit more or a lot more than what you feel is normal or necessary. But the key is being compassionate with yourself and understanding that that is part of the process and knowing with confidence that it does not last forever. I promise you, it does not last forever. You will figure it out. The last concern, the third and final concern that I hear about intuitive eating is what if I'm not good at it? What if I fail? And I think that this is rooted in years and years of failed dieting. But you have to understand that dieting is designed to fail. If a diet worked, no one, people would do it one time and they'd never have to do it again, right? But dieting doesn't work. And so I think so many times we have felt like failures in this, in our quest to quote unquote, master our body or to figure out our body. But you have to understand that learning how to listen to your intuition, you cannot fail. Failing at intuitive eating is literally impossible because even when you have moments, for example, you binge, okay, you binge. And you're sitting there and you're feeling incredibly uncomfortable and your stomach is so full and you're feeling guilt and you're feeling shame. You have an opportunity in that moment to take a pause and to be present and to say, okay, what happened today? What led up to that binge? Was it emotional? Was it physical? Had I not eaten enough throughout the day that by the time I got home, my body was just doing anything she could to try and get enough food. Um, and and as, you, as you analyze and as you think through that experience and through that process, what led up to it? What happened during that process? And then how you felt afterwards, you essentially are logging data points. That's the way that I like to describe it. You're logging data points. You're taking note 
of the things you're learning. And so, for example, if the reason you binged was because you only took crackers and carrots and string cheese for lunch, so by the time you got home at 6 o'clock, you were starving, then that's something you can say, okay, that is not enough for me to eat at lunch. I need more food in order to be able to make it for these five hours. Or you could say another option is I could bring in two or three more small snacks to space throughout that period of time if you're only able to eat small quantities due to your job or whatever. But the point is, is that it even a binge or quote unquote mess up, you are able to learn something about yourself and then apply that knowledge in the future going forward as you seek to be more intuitive. So you cannot fail at intuitive eating. You literally can't. As long as you are trying to connect with yourself, as long as you're trying to be aware of those hunger and fullness signals, as long as you're trying to find satisfaction in food, as long as you are trying to um, make choices for your body um, using all of the senses and your whole brain, you cannot fail. I know that a lot of you are moms out there. And I think one of the hardest things too about intuitive eating is we think that we have to have this quiet, conscious eating experience every time we eat. And once again, that's not possible. Those moments and those times where you do have quiet, uninterrupted eating periods are important because we learn a lot in those times. Um, we we have the opportunity to explore our hunger and our like satiation, our satiety cues. We so those moments are important, but a lot of the time you're going to rely on past data points to know what to eat. Um, for example, at my house, lunchtime is one of those moments, right? The kids are hungry. It's before nap time, so two of them are whiny. And it's kind of a little bit more of a high-stress environment at our house at lunchtime. And sometimes I will feed them, get them down, and then come in and eat my lunch in peace. Make what I really, truly want to eat for lunch and savor it and make it an awesome experience. Other times, my body doesn't have time. Like, I don't have time. I'm, I'm too hungry. So I eat the mac and cheese, right? I eat the mac and cheese, throw in a couple of other things, um, that I enjoy and that I know I will need, that my body needs. Um, and, and then I move on, right? That is also intuitive eating. That's learning to use your past experience with your own body to tell you what you need. Here's my thing. There are probably plenty of other reasons why you might be feeling hesitant about jumping into intuitive eating, and that's okay. And if you're not ready right now, that's also okay. One of the things I've learned about this journey is you have to be ready. You have to want it. You have to be so fed up with trying to change your body that you're willing to try anything that's not a diet. And as much as I hate for women to feel in that position because it's it's uncomfortable and it's hard, I also know that sometimes that's necessary for you to be able to get to a point where you feel maybe you have nothing to lose. All I know 
is that intuitive eating is so much more than just your relationship with food. I truly, truly believe that as you apply the principles of intuitive eating in your relationship with food, that you will better come to know yourself. And that as you do that, that knowing yourself will bleed and feed into every other area of your life. And that is a powerful thing because right now more than ever, we need women who are willing to show up. Whatever that might look like for you, we need you. We need you to show up. We can't have you sitting back and hiding because of your body or because of food issues. We need you. The world needs you so bad. One last thing is that I just want to let you know that the most recent edition of Intuitive Eating, the book, has just come out. And you can order on Amazon. I think it's like $8. I'm going to order a new one and read it again because each edition, they release new data and new information um, and also kind of make tweaks to some of their their chapters. So I will be ordering a new one, um, but I want to encourage you to read that. Also, I will be setting up, I'm not sure how this is going to look, but I'm going to be setting up an intuitive eating book club. It will be online. So it's something that you can tune in and join in from wherever you are. Like I said, I'm not sure how that is going to look, but there'll be more information on my Instagram and also on the podcast over the next couple of weeks as I figure that out. But I think with this new edition, it would be an awesome opportunity for you to invite your mom, your sisters, your friends, Um, We can all, it will be free, totally free. Um, We can all figure out a way to log in together and to read this and experience this book together. And um, I just think that could be a really powerful thing in helping you to create your community, your own personal community of women to help you through this journey. So I'm excited to give you more information on that in the upcoming weeks and through my Instagram. But until then, I hope you have an incredible week and I will be back next Tuesday.